1: I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined on the other line, as always, by E.J. Snyder, our lead draft analyst. E.J., how you doing tonight?
0: I'm great. I'm excited about this. We've got some some good beers, and we're getting really close to the season.
1: Really close. And to help us preview the season, we have the big boss man on the line, Lester Wilfong, editor-in-chief, is on the line. Lester, how you doing tonight?
2: Doing great. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing well.
0: Doing well. Outstanding.
1: So, Lester... You had an assignment to <laughs> come on the show, and that was to grab your famous Zima. Yeah, And I know, uh, I know. it sounds like you uh, were not able to procure any, but uh, EJ and I have been talking about doing a cheap beer episode for a while, basically because it seems like a lot of our listeners like cheap beer. And so EJ... What's not to like? So EJ promised that we would do a cheap beer, even though that's not necessarily my thing. So let's start off with EJ... Go through what you brought for the crowd tonight.
0: Yeah, so we have been talking about a cheap beer episode for a while. We talked about it on Twitter. We set the rules at you need to be able to get 12 ounces of a cheap beer for $1.25 or less. So that can come in six-pack form, and you can divide it up. But uh, I figured I would do a Bears Over Beers first and do a flight of cheap beers because you know, <laughs> there's a lot of offerings out there. So I have four. Um Oh, my. Just going from left to right. Uh, two of these are familiar from my youth, not because I drank a ton of beer in my youth, although I did, but they are from where I grew up. First one is Rolling Rock, which is brewed in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour away from where I was born and actually where Matt Nagy is from as well. Um, it's now owned by a much larger conglomerate, but good throwback to the old days, Rolling Rock. Most people are familiar with that. Second one is Green Janice, Bottle, right? Uh, yeah, well, Green Can in this case, because it's the green Cheap can. Beer episode. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, the second one is Genesee Beer, which it, we used to be brewed in Genesee, New York. I think maybe still is, but was uh, they have a whole line of beers. But this is just the good old straight-up Genesee Beer, which you can get a huge can of for like two twenty nine these days. Uh, so it's made its way to the West Coast, and I grabbed a Genesee, um, again, for a little familiarity. I have a uh, microbeer beer. Uh, cheap beer which is from a microbrewer called 10 barrel brewing and they make a very plain beer called pub beer it is a white can with black letters that says pub beer drink beer outside that's all it says there's no (laughs) artwork there's no nothing so i'm actually kind of excited about that because i've had some other 10 barrel offerings and they're pretty good and then my fourth is the ubiquitous p b r good old paps blue ribbon so (laughs) We are uh, we got four up here. We'll we'll drink them throughout the episode and and see how we do by the end. Uh, JB, what do you got?
1: Well, I, well, first of all, I'm hoping that you drink all four <laughs> in the duration of this podcast. So we'll see we'll see how your how your diction is by the end. So uh, I was gonna go with a PBR because my grandpa, who died 20 years uh, ago next month, in September, was a big PBR guy. He even had a kegerator in the corner that had a PBR, uh, tab. Uh, I love your grandpa. <laughs> yes. He was an amazing person. So what happened was when he passed away and my grandma started buying her own beer, she, for some reason switched out of the PBR.
0: Oh. And she
1: started, yeah, it was kind of a surprise and she started going with, uh, the high life. Oh. And so oh. the champagne of beers was, was what my grandma drank. Now, unfortunately, and very sadly, we, uh Said goodbye to my grandma. She uh, she passed away last week, and so, uh, in her honor, I am going to drink the champagne of beers for the podcast. So, let's uh, let's get them going. Yeah, let's do this. I left
0: one to open. I poured the other three, but uh, here's to your grandma.
1: Yeah. So, grandma really did like her her high life and uh, drank plenty of it, uh, and so, and I know uh, fellow contributor Kev.
0: I was gonna say.
1: Is big on the High Life, so... We, so we had to is... have a
0: shout-out to Kev at WCG here, because Kev is a... Um, he's not just a High Life drinker. He is a High Life defender. So um, he will be in, in true spirit with your grandma.
1: Well, it, you know, it, it smells like I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's, that's about what I remember. <laughs> okay, so... Let's get into this preview. So well, we wanted to have Lester on because we wanted to bring everything together. We wanted to have one big preview episode and, and just really focus on 2019 and the Chicago Bears. And so I actually wanted to start off the episode with uh, a question that we got from a listener. Uh, his handle is Dan. And he, he made this way back in the beginning of July. He wanted our thoughts on the best and toughest matchups for the coming year. So you can kind of do this a couple different ways. Uh, either say the ones that you're most excited about or the ones that you think are going to be the toughest. But I want to break it down into three different categories i want you guys to answer this in terms of the individual matchup like so one player against another player or against another team that you're most interested in and then an entire unit so you know bears offense versus x um and then i want you to say the most the game that you're most excited about so we'll do it in three different parts so let's start with the individual and i want to start with lester lester who's the individual matchup or what's the
2: individual matchup that you're most excited to see this year you know, th- throughout the years, you know, when we think about the Bears and, and and of course the great rival, the Packers, they have, you know, I, I like thinking about the the one-on-one matchup that. Aaron Rodgers against uh, Brian Erlacher. I think those two guys are they would kind of mat, match wits in a game, and and I, lo- I love to see that this version of the Bears defense. I'm not sure if it's going to be Danny Cervantes or Roquan Smith, but one of those inside backers. I love to see one of those guys kind of live up to that 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 wit matting that the the, the wit matching that we used to see with was Rodgers and Erlacher. So that's what I'm looking forward. to. I want to see how how the Bears are going to counteract Aaron Rodgers and all his stuff trying to do with the line. If if rogers is allowed to audible
1: this year
2: <laughs> yeah right exactly
1: <laughs> there's that uh, audible lot of all of those uh, play action fakes that he doesn't want to do yeah. I, I i unless sir, i follow up on that do you think i mean roquan obviously from a physical standpoint is going to just take over this year at least that's what what we've been seeing throughout yeah. camp and do, do you think that he takes over that mental side of it
2: too and, and
1: really just kind of owns that that interior linebacker position
2: you know, they still had Danny Trevathan with the green dot, I, I believe. And I think uh, this last game they had uh, uh, Kutowski with the green dot. But it could have just been because Rokon was only going to be out there for the first series. Um, I, I'm curious to see what happens throughout the year. I mean, when they drafted Smith, you know, one of the things we heard of was he had a great football IQ. You know, he was the leader of that Georgia defense. Now, whether that translates to the pros or not, I mean they have a luxury of having a guy with with like a a Trevathan in there now who understands the defense. He's a veteran. So they may not do that right away this year, but I think at some point you got to just, you know, give the keys to the defense to Roquan Smith, because if he's going to be that guy, he's got to be that guy from the top down.
1: Yeah. Good point. EJ. What about you? What individual matchup you most looking forward to? Uh,
0: I'm split. It's the same position, but a couple of different teams. Um versus the same position on the Bears. So it's either Von Miller or Cam Jordan versus Charles Leno. Okay. Um, premier pass rushers. Uh I think Leno is terribly underrated. I'm on record here and lots of other places saying that. He's progressed every year. We always see the the great reports out of like Kansas City that, you know, Um Mitchell Schwartz has, has, you know, thwarted Von Miller again and he gets a lot of props for that and and rightfully so. And I think if the Bears are getting as much attention as we think they're gonna get this year and Charles Leno Stones Von Miller or Cam Jordan or both uh, that's going to raise his profile some. And I'm just excited for the matchup because both those guys are great players. Von Miller, obviously not underrated. He's, you know, rated <laughs> right. for a good reason. Right. And Cam Jordan, underrated just in terms of under-publicized, but one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. So, you know, it's the left tackle's job. They go up against premier pass rushers pretty much every week. And uh, those are two of the best on the schedule, and I'm really excited to see him. You know, Von has that amazing bend around the edge he's
1: he's definitely the best in the game about being able to do that dip around the edge and 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 use that speed and I would say that most people probably consider him the second best edge rusher in the game to Khalil Mack who is my choice for individual matchup that I'm most excited about because I'm excited about what Mack can do against the Oakland Raiders
0: I think (laughs) (laughs) I think that's not fair I I was gonna say that's a huge hammer on a small target
1: I've got I love two, it, though. I love it. I've got two things. So, so so, that's my first one. And that's because, look, I think maybe we as fans care about this, like, revenge game stuff a little more than players. But I don't know. Like, this this guy was <laughs> did everything for that franchise. He won a defensive player of the year. He wanted to get paid, you know, to what his abilities were. And John Gruden comes in and says, like, I don't know, man. This defense wasn't very good with Camille Le- Khalil Mack. Let's trade him they traded him like the best defensive player in the game. It, it's just like, it blows my mind. And all I just we think can say
0: is thank you. Maybe
1: a little bit of extra motivation for him when the, the bears line up against the Raiders in London on the flip side of it. I really want to see Patrick Mahomes up close and what he can do against the bears defense. That's the guy that I'm most interested to see this defense play. I think the bears defense is going to do quite well against breeze uh, in soldier field. And, and so that i thought about that but actually i think it's much more mahomes towards the end of the year we might be getting to where seeding is important in terms of stacking up those wins at the end of the year and so when the chiefs come to soldier i think it's going to be pretty interesting so those are those are my two picks for that um all right good stuff well what about uh unit matchup so either the offense or the defense playing ej let's stick with you where where do you want to go with this in terms of what interests you the most uh, in terms of either offense or defense playing against uh, one of the other squads in the league.
0: Yeah, it's a great segue um, with you just talking about Mahomes. So I picked 1D versus the Bears O and 1O versus the Bears D. And my O versus the Bears D is the Chiefs. Absolutely late in the year. Mahomes, a ton of weapons. They've added even more. They've got Miko Hardman, um, Riley Ridley's running mate at Georgia, who showed some tremendous speed in the first week of the preseason on that little jet sweep touchdown he had. And then the flip side is the Chargers D versus the Bears. Chargers Mm -hmm. have two premier pass rushers. They've got a great safety, um, very aggressive unit. I think they're a little bit overlooked because the Chargers tend not to do very well in the overall standings every year. So people forget that that team is... Well, they don't forget in the beginning of the year that that team's loaded. Then injuries take over and they do. But um, Chargers D, if it's at full strength versus Bears O, is going to be a really nice test. And then late in the year, Chiefs versus the Bears D is going to be something to watch. That's going to be two high powered units just really slugging it out. Yeah, that Chargers secondary might be the best in the game,
1: in my opinion. At least they're super deep all the way through and have some really good players. And That's actually, I think, the game that I'm going to try to go to this year is the Chargers in Soldier Field. So
2: pretty excited about that one.
1: Lester, what about you? Kick kick it to you for the same question.
2: You know, there's a lot of uh, really good matchups this year with the Bears. You know, they have a really, uh, really interesting schedule. But I'm going to stay in the division and I'm going to go the uh, the Bears' offense against the Vikings' defense. Okay. Um, I know I know the second game last year was kind of a wash because the Vikings just had no heart in that game, but that first game was a really physical affair. I believe Trubisky was sacked a few times. He was pressured quite a bit. I think he scrambled 10 times. He had 10 rushes that game. Um, so I, I want to see how the Bears' offense is going to match up against what I think is probably the second-best defense in the division, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. So I think is a, a really – one of those teams where, you know, a couple years ago they were 13 and three. You know, yeah, right. they, they, they got the issue with the quarterback now, Kirk Cousins. You know, he puts up some good numbers. And you got to think at some point it's going to click for him. I'm not sure because it's not like he he just blows it in, in big games. It's just during those big games against the good teams, something right. happens here or there. I, I don't want to call it luck, but. But he's a he's a good quarterback in the NFL. At some point, he may kick it in. So I want to see how the Bears' offense is going to deal with the Viking defense and keep those pass rushers off Trubisky. Give him time in the pocket. Because I, I don't want to see him running for his life all the time. I want to see him be able to settle in there and make some plays downfield with this talented receiving core.
1: Yeah, and if you Bears fans remember that game, and I'm sure they do, Harrison Smith had that. Yeah questionable hit laid on Trubisky and, and that was either an awkward slide and or helped out by that late hit by Harrison Smith. And that caused Trubisky to miss the next two games. The Bears dropped a heartbreaker to a terrible Giants team on the road. Yeah. That win that should have happened right there probably cost the Bears a bye. And so we could have been talking about a very different outcome had either Trubisky not had to scramble so much or, you know, that physical defense maybe, you know, was limited in a different way. So, yeah, it's a very interesting. And we'll get more, I think, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Vikings once we talk about the division here in a little bit. But, yes, a- a- absolutely. So, for me, I, I kind of what EJ was saying, actually, um, with, with the Von Miller thing, I'm interested to see how the Bears' offense fares against Vic Fangio's Broncos in Week 2. And I think that's a really fascinating matchup for Trubisky and for Nagy because if anybody knows... Trubisky, it's Vic Fangio. You saw him all last two years in practice. And so he's got a very good defense that he's inherited in Denver. And so what can he do to push Trubisky's buttons to make him feel uncomfortable? And you add in the altitude and all the other things that play into Denver's favor early in the year. I think that's a really interesting matchup. And I think it's kind of unfortunate that it's so early in the year. But that one, that's the one I'm really interested in, um, early on to see just just what Trubisky's is going to be able to do. Um, all right, so then we go to the game. Which game are you either thinks of the toughest matchup or the most interested or, or what have you, whichever way you want to take it. Lester, let's stick with you. Which which game are you most interested in?
2: I got to go week one. I mean, this is the uh, the Packers. It's in Chicago. They're going to be a bunch of fanfare about this game. You know, a, a year ago it was the Packers' big big moment that they're hundredth uh, uh, year anniversary so now it's in chicago it's in soldier field you know the bears got a little payback in mind i would imagine um just because of what happened a year ago but this is the game's gonna set the tone i mean I, I hate to say it's a big game so early because obviously there's they, they, play, they play 16 of them but i think from from the bears point of view you know they want to set a statement and they want to prove a lot of the doubters wrong because for whatever reason on a national level, the Bears are not getting as much respect as you would think they should get after coming off such a good season last year, after having such a good defense, after having a lot of young players and offense that are ascending. You would think this would be everyone's pick for the NFC, um, but for some reason it's just not that way. So I think the Bears want to come out. They need to make a statement that in that first game. They need to put it to the Packers, and they need to, they need to start off 1-0. Yeah, I think
1: talking about that national media thing, I think – a lot of Bears fans and I myself included have this as a trajectory that's going upward that we haven't seen how good this team's going to be. And we'll get into some of the reasoning that we have for that in a little bit. Whereas it seems like the media said, well, they lost their first playoff game. So they're garbage and they're going to be bad this year. And, you know, Hey, Aaron Rodgers has new coordinator. So he's going to be great and everything's fine. And it's like, okay, that's pretty simplistic, but whatever. Um, EJ, what about you? What game are you thinking is going to be the toughest or most looking forward to?
0: Well, I lean towards the, the Denver game that you were talking about because I think it's really dangerous, um, but I shied away from it and went with the game at Philly. I think the Eagles are a tremendously complete team. Obviously, there's some some business to be finished there for the Bears. Um, Philly, an incredibly hostile place to play. Uh, talented team, talented coach. Um, Doug Peterson has showed that he can rally that team even when they look like they kind of lost their wheels last year. So it's that's a that's going to be a sort of grinded out gut check game for the Bears. And I think it's going to be a great one. I actually had the exact same game. And
1: it's just because it's at Philly. It's in November. It'll be pretty interesting to see where these teams stack up at that point. You know, November early November, you're not quite looking towards the playoffs already, but uh, you're starting to think about seeding and stuff. So I'm kind of looking at that as being a really big game. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're on the same page there. Um, all right. Well, that's that's the opening question. And so I just want to thank uh, Saigon Dan for for uh, posing the question. And if anybody else ever has questions that you'd like us to talk about, obviously, we can't guarantee that we get to them all. But if they fit into the show, we'd be happy to do that. So really appreciate that. Um, all right. So, so some questions that I prepared for for us before this show. And Lester, I'll start with you. Since last year, what area do you think is most improved on the Bears?
2: You know, I thought the Bears had a pretty complete team a year ago as it was, um, but I'm going to have to say the, uh, the wide receivers uh, for this season. Just because last year, the top guy uh, with, uh, with uh, uh, Allen Robinson, uh, he didn't play like himself early on. He kind of came on strong. I think his last eight games, he had like uh, uh, 60 catches in, that, in, the, in the last half of the season, including the, uh, the playoff game. So he finished strong. But this is a guy that had all all the talent in the world. You know, you 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 have him playing like a Pro Bowl player, like he was in Jacksonville a couple years ago. You had Gabriel, who had a really good year last year. You talk about the, the the second year Pro Anthony Miller, who should be better this year. Then you talk about a guy like Javon Williams, who just came out of nowhere. And we haven't talked about the the, the fourth round pick uh, Riley Ridley, who has a lot of upside. So I think overall, the receiving core was pretty good last year, but this year. They're all going to prove in the second year of the offense, I think that's the spot that's going to have the biggest uptick in production.
1: Yeah, I think you might have read my notes. I'm trying to think if this camera is working on Skype here and you just Uh read my notes because I said the exact same thing. Uh, Robinson's going to be fully removed from that ACL injury. I think he's going to establish himself as a legitimate wide receiver one. So for all you fantasy guys out there, go ahead and take him. Miller is going to be we hope fully healthy. I know he had a little ankle injury here recently, but the shoulder looks like it's good to go and his growth in the offense, which he said to me when I interviewed him in January, February, he said that he just focused on that one slot position because the offense was a little hard for him to grasp right away. So I think he'll see a lot of maturation. And then the two Georgia youngsters, I mean, Javon Wims, I mean, Fast becoming a Bears over beers favorite, Javon Wims, and I can't wait to see what Riley Ridley looks like when he gets uh, when he gets his route running going. So, so yeah, I definitely agree with you, Lester, that this position seems like this position group has seems like it has improved the most over the year, and it's a lot of it's just internal improvement, which is really important for a team to be able to take that next step is your players getting better. EJ, what about you? Did you think wide receivers? or Did you go in a different direction?
0: Uh, I did. I think wide receivers, I started there. Uh, As I thought about it more, it was all the same things that you guys said. Um, But, again, the three receivers that they have at the top are the same three receivers they had at the top last year. Robinson is definitely going to be better. I think Gabriel is going to be the same, and that was good. Uh, Miller should get a little bit better, but uh, it's hard for me to count Wims because how often are they going to see a four-wide receiver set? Now, I think Wims is going to have a good year, and he will contribute, but it's largely the same setup. And so I drifted to running back last okay. year. The Bears started off with, you know, Jordan Howard as their top depth at running back to Cohen as the, as the wild card, obviously Cohen's still there. He looks as dominant as ever. Uh, we saw that at camp, his speed change of direction um, and toughness really are, are really, really good. But you go out and add David Montgomery, who is very complete in the role he plays, competes incredibly hard we've seen some of those plays in camp already, but is much more well-rounded in the passing game, looks every bit uh, the same in pass protection as Jordan Howard. And that's a that's a compliment. Jordan Howard was solid in pass protection. But I think just so much more explosiveness and skill, we're going to see plays come out of him and then you go get a guy like Mike Davis to back him up. If, you know, he goes down or to take five or 10 carries here and there along the way and running back really is a changed room. There's a lot of competition there. If you're counting Kareth White or Ryan all or those guys, if they make the roster, it's a very, very deep room and much deeper than it was a year ago. So I I lean towards running back in a, in a small slice, but there's two things to think about there. One is Lester's comment that they were a really good team last year there there's not a ton to improve on there is not a ton of garbage units and you know the units they had that were good have gotten better and that's that's the mark of a team that is like you said ascending and the second thing is it is a shout to lester because javon's whims didn't come out of nowhere did he did he lester no 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 whose podcast did i mention him on i
2: think it was uh it was my podcast the information conversation You're, you're you're really high on whims coming out and uh that's 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 somewhere saved somewhere for a yeah. It's right of down
0: at the end of one of your T formation podcast yeah, uh, yeah. conversation podcasts. You said, "Is there anybody that's sort of not on the radar that you know, seventh rounder or maybe a UDFA?" And I said, I, "You know." Been watching this kid this week, and he just, i can't get him out of my mind. Javon he just makes all these plays. That's—I Play think—that's all I said about him. And you know, he, to his credit, he—he's proved me right. Right? He—he he was not that player coming out of Georgia, and he has absolutely improved. The difference between him last year and this year, seeing him in person at camp, night and day, that guy is playing with a confidence that is, uh, really, very—it's just palpable. Watching that guy walk back to the huddle, he expects to be making those plays now, and that's. That's something to see. Well, EJ, let me – I'm going off script here, but
1: let's rank, in your opinion, your top three calls that we've mentioned here on the pod, the last couple of pods. Oh, your geez. call for trading up for trubisky That's got to be of, one. Your call yeah. of whims. And your call of Steven Denmark, which we live reacted to (laughs) the podcast.
0: Yeah. Uh, No, uh, Wims was more of kind of an offhanded mention. I liked him, but I'm not saying that I predicted that Javon Wims was going to become a beast because that was not at all what it was. Um, I liked him, and it's really cool that the Bears drafted him. I was thrilled when they did. And it's really, really cool that he's taken the next step. And, you know, that, that impetus is on every player to develop themselves and push those limits. And he's obviously done that. Mike Furry's taken him you know, under the wing and said, hey, you have the potential to be a contributing player. And he's sort of taken up that mantle. Um, the Denmark thing was a little more uh, direct. I was I was hotter on Steven Denmark. But again, right where he got picked at the, you know, as a maybe you draft him because you really want to tag him and put him on your team and not drift him into the UDFA process. Um, but I also mentioned Kareth White. So I kind of I'm, I'm nailing the seventh round here, which as a draft analyst is kind of like a double edged sword, right? I'm really good at the bottom. Uh but no um they're all good they're all fun um you know if we're really ranking calls I'm going to go with Philip Lindsay um who is on the Denver Broncos who the Bears are going to play this year but I I really fell in love with Lindsay's tape and I was just like I don't see why this guy can't contribute and if he gets a shot and it's if he gets a shot cuz I knew he was either going to be drafted very late or a UDFA and look he got a shot in Denver and again he He took up the mantle and and did it. But that's the same thing I saw on his tape at Colorado. So I'd say Lindsey probably ranks higher than either of the guys on the Bears. But there have been some good ones. But let's not forget there's bad ones too. So Trubisky's way up there. That was just a probably – once in a career shot and all the other ones are fun. And it's, it's nice to see him work out. I, a lot of people think I don't like players that I rank low and that's, they couldn't be farther from the truth. My favorite thing is when somebody proves me wrong, I learn something from that and Hey, the guy succeeds, which is the best possible story.
1: Well, we'll engrave it on the plaque in the Windy City Gridiron Hall of Fame. So, as <laughs> right. soon as
0: we build that Hall of Fame, it'll be the it'll be the plaque that's there.
1: Let's uh let's flip the question around, Lester. What part of the Bears roster worries you the most coming into this year?
2: You know, I probably could go the the route that most people think can go with kicker, but but I'm gonna go with uh, with backup uh, outside linebacker, or as the kids like to call it, the edge position. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> You know, it's just at this point. Obviously, you got Florida, you got Mac. Uh, those guys are, are gonna are gonna do their thing. You know, Aaron Lynch, who is, he's a serviceable backup. I mean, he's not special, um, but right now he has a shoulder injury. He's nursing. Who knows you know, what his situation is. And then after that, what do you got? You got Irving. You got Fitz. Um, you, you got uh, Chuck Harris. You got a, a bunch of guys that have literally done nothing in camp. They did nothing in the first preseason game. So. Where are you going to get some some reps out of that spot? I mean, you mean, you can't play Mac as much as as you want to. I mean, you got to give him a blow every now and again. And I just don't see a guy at backup outside linebacker that can do that. You know, you need someone at some point that's young and fast in, in, the, in the pipeline that can get on the edge and make some havoc with the quarterback. And I don't see that guy in the roster.
1: Yeah, good point. Um, I I thought about that. I actually went on the other direction and I I chose tight end. And I just think it's just because Adam Shaheen's just such a big question mark at the position, and are they going to be able to cobble together an attack with Bradley Soule, Trey Burton? Is one of the UDFAs going to step up? I'm just – I don't know. Tight end's kind of interesting because I think it could be a pretty big piece of that offense. Obviously, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, and the the offenses that are most – related to nagy's offense are very successful tight ends we don't have a player like that necessarily but you know where where is that production going to come from and i feel a lot better about our wide receivers feel a lot better about our running backs and the tight ends even though i like trey burton um i'm just kind of curious where the other production is going to come from so that that's probably the the depth that i worry about most or the part of the roster i worry about most what about you ej
0: I thought about edge the same way that Lesser did for the same reasons that after the top end, um, depth at edge is is questionable at best. And where I landed, besides kicker, I think kicker is a is a question yet to be settled. Could be great, could be terrible. We don't know. But it's really outside cornerback depth. Um, Fuller and Amukamara are set entrenched at those positions, playing very well if either one of them goes down with an injury, I'm really not sure about the depth behind him. I know there's some folks out there that really like Kevin Tolliver. Um, I don't tend to be one of them yet. He hasn't he hasn't sort of proven himself at that position. Um, the stuff I saw at camp was okay, uh, I would say, solid. A lot of people said later in camp, um, after we left, that he made some more plays there. I hope that's true. Um, but I'm not sold at our sort of outside cornerback depth uh, at all it, it worries me the same way that edge depth does look if one of your top flight guys goes down and you're lining up really you know kevin tolliver against you know you can name the receivers in the nfc north is that a good matchup for the bears and the answer is eh, i don't think it is so i'd say outside cb for sure
1: yeah that was the, the second option that i wrote down as well depth on defense is you know, it's got a ways to go, or we just haven't seen it pressed, or those guys haven't, you know, shown us any growth yet. So that'll be interesting to see. All right, I want to work through an exercise real quick because I think this is, this is I'm, I'm leading to a point here, because I'm getting really irritated with hearing all this regression talk and how uh, the Bears are going to be worse this year. So let's work through an exercise. I'm going to name a position group, and you tell me if you think it's going to be better, worse. Or the same as it was in 2018. And you can say like a quick sentence. I just want you to say better, worse, same, and why. So, Lester,
2: the front seven on defense. You uh, better. Uh, you got uh, Roquan Smith, Bilal Nichols, Roy Robertson Harris, all ascending. You have Khalil Mack, is one of the greatest in the game. There's no way that unit's gonna take a dip. And I didn't even mention it, Keen Picks. Front seven, definitely better.
0: EJ? Uh, better as well uh, for all the reasons that Lester just brought up. Plus, uh, Chuck Pagano. Chuck Pagano is going to put those guys in better positions. He's going to be more aggressive. Uh, he's we saw more creativity even in the first couple of days of camp. Front seven definitely arrow pointing up.
1: Yeah, I had more aggressive bl- more aggressive blitzing on on my notes as well. So um, definitely Lester. Back to you. The secondary better, worse, or the same.
2: Uh, as long as everyone's healthy, I think um, I, I'm going to go better. I mean, I, I was a fan of Adrian Amos. I really was. I, I liked his work ethic. You know, he, I talked about it on another podcast. I might have been with you guys before, but here's a guy that was benched a couple of years ago. The Bears tried to replace him. He didn't say a word. He just kept working hard. And then when he had a chance, he got back in the game and ended up being, you know, really good football player. He's a solid player for what he is. But I think. Having the Bears make the switch with Ha Clinton-Dix uh, for him, I think it's going to be a benefit to Chicago. As long as Ha Clinton-Dix is doing what he has to do, as long as he understands that he's on a prove it deal, I think the rest of the secondary and plus him, it's going to be better.
0: EJ, uh, I said better, and it really ties to the unit we just talked about. That front seven wreaking havoc with quarterbacks and offensive lines, just you know, Khalil Mack wrecking through tight ends and left tackles. There's going to be a lot of balls that get thrown up. The secondary is going to look better because. You know, they had the same amount of players, like you said. Um, They didn't really lose anybody. Traded Amos for Ha Clinton-Dix, who I think is a better player of the ball in the air than Amos was. I liked Amos for what he was, but he was not a great um, go-getter in terms of balls in the air. And there's going to be a lot of balls in the air. They're going to come out a lot quicker. The secondary is not going to have to cover as long. So, again, with the caveat I just talked about, if they stay healthy, that outside cornerback depth – I think they're going to look better. And another reason, this is uh, we talked about my good calls. This is my not good calls. Um, Deion Bush. I mm-hmm. did not like the selection at the time. He played like a dog for the first couple of years. He was not that good. And he admitted that he wasn't focused. And he came back. And a lot of people said he looked good in camp last year. I wasn't there to see it. I was skeptical. Uh, he played okay in the preseason. He had some decent reps during the season. But I didn't really see anything that changed my mind. Um, camp this year changed my mind. He was playing because Ha Ha Clinton Dix was out with an injury for the first couple of days, and he made some great plays. I mean, he got that pick in the preseason game, which was not a great play. He just happened to be in the right place at the right time, but he did catch it. But at camp, he made diving breakups. Um, he was draping guys on out routes. He looked every bit an improved player, and I think because of that, we'll see a you know a heavy nickel three safety look from the Bears quite a bit because they've got a talented player now in Deion Bush, and he's really really developed. Oh man, you're
1: you guys are making me question my
0: my answer because I actually
1: said worse and my reason was Kyle Fuller, Prince Mukamara, were fully healthy last year and had career years and so to expect them to repeat that I think is optimistic uh, at best. Screen is a question mark. He's very aggressive. I think we're going to see more penalties than we did out of Callahan, but we do we are hoping that he's going to be more available and Callahan has been in his career Depth's definitely concern and I think you have to say that Clinton Dix is at least a question mark versus Amos. You know what you get with Amos. And I don't know, maybe it's all those Packers trolls on Twitter. But, <laughs> you know, all I hear is how terrible of a football player he is. And so yeah, I, I don't I just, believe he's wanted... not a
0: terrible football player. Well, I don't he think he so. may he... not be in some factors what Amos was, but Ha Clinton Dix is a, is a talented football player.
1: So, anyway, I, I had answered worse, but I'm more than happy to be wrong on that one, of course. All right, let's go special teams. Lester, better or worse than last year?
2: Um, I'm going to go better, and the reason is, is is one guy we didn't talk about earlier when, when when we talked about receivers and running backs. We left off one guy, and that's Corderall Patterson. So, did a little bit of both, but he's also going to be your primary kick returner. And this guy's electric. I mean, he's probably the best kick returner in the league since Devin Hester retired. Uh, he just needed to bring that kind of a, a juice to, to that part of the game. And, and then you talk about the kicker situation, which is obviously going to be a problem. Uh, but Cody Parkey was, I think, a 75% field goal kicker last year, which is pretty bad. Uh, the odds are of someone getting worse this year, even if they do go with Fry or Pinero, you know, you're not going to be worse than what you got last year out of Parkey. So overall, I think special teams units are going to have a tick up.
0: EJ. This is one place where I'm not quite as sunny as the boss. Um... I'm going to say neutral or worse, and Patterson is an upgrade at returner, absolutely electric, huge, and very fast. Uh, we saw that at camp, so it's not a statement on Patterson. It's actually not a statement on the guys that return. There's a bunch of guys on this team that have return skills. What I saw in front of them when we were watching the special teams drills, both in the preseason game we saw and, and at training camp practice, was not terribly impressive i'm not sold on the bears ability to organize their lower echelon players uh to really do all the dirty work on special teams because all the focus is on the returner on special teams but the guys in front of them have to do the work and it didn't look terribly organized or incredibly effective uh, from what I saw so I think this is one kind of subtle area that's not getting a lot of play especially with all the focus on the kicking battle and, and to Lester's point I think the kicker will be better because he would have a hard time being um, worse and still employed but I think this is a kind of a sneaky area where they might just barely be as good or maybe not quite as good they'll, they'll have some big plays but overall uh, I don't have a ton of faith in the bear special teams
1: Yeah, this was definitely an area, we've talked about this a little bit, EJ, on this pod, but this was definitely an area that did not get enough attention during the year, is that the Bears special teams was just not good last year. I mean, it was actively working against them. The only piece of the special teams that was any good was punt return, and that was really because of Tariq Cohen. And so... I think they're going to be better because they were so bad last year. And, you know, like Lester said, kicker's probably going to be better just because kicking was really bad last year. Kick returning is going to be better because we have actual kick returners, not just throwing anybody back there and say, hey, you try this week. Um, I think power return is still going to be effective. And then the coverage units are what I'm pretty curious about. One, Cordell Patterson can't return a kick against us this year because he plays for us. So that's good. (laughs) Uh, But I think – special teams a lot of it's so much about depth and i think it's kind of what we've talked about ej a little bit is that you know we're starting to get preferred udfas coming into the building and so i think over time that's how you you build that depth and i you're right they weren't very they didn't look very good but a lot of those guys that were playing aren't going to be on the the squad come september and so i actually have faith that the special team is going to be better but it is definitely something that flies under the radar. It needs to be, needs to be watched. All right. Yeah. Back to, back to, uh, back to, let's flip the other side of the ball. Lester pass catchers. So I'm I'm grouping wide receivers and tight end because, you know, it's a little bit of a two edged coin there. Um, do you think the pass catchers are going to be better or worse than last year? And I already talked about the wide
2: outs taking a, taking a jump up in, in, in production. Um, I think overall this group will be going up. Um, I think Trey Burton gets a lot of, uh, people you know making jokes about his with his anxiety situation the injury situation you know and 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 obviously the money situation but he's a top 10 tight end I mean he's in that on that lower tier of the top 10 but you know he's a top 10 guy if you look at his stats across the board reception yards and 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 catches and 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 all that stuff he is a guy that's in that 8 to 10 range and that's kind of where he's getting paid for so I think he gives the Bears what they need. You know, he does do that you the, the youth spot they want them, which is the, the move tight end. Um he he gives a, a good he knows how to find the holes in the zone. Um you mentioned Adam Shaheen earlier. I mean at this point, whatever he gives the Bears is, is a bonus. If he can stay healthy, that's great. Um, you know, it's that's something you can count on. I look I look at him like I look at Kevin White. If he gives you something, that's great. If not, you know, you you haven't had him for two years anyway. So, but if, if healthy He can give you a little something, so I think overall the receivers, the tight ends, trending up.
1: Man, putting Shaheen in the Kevin White box is kind of a tough, (laughs) tough move there, Lester. But yeah, yeah, you know. Well, let me just say before I ask EJ, anybody making fun of anybody's anxiety issues, uh, just turn off this podcast, go somewhere else. um, I'm glad you said it
0: because that was actually going to be the first thing off my off my lips, which is anybody making fun of anybody with anxiety is just a you know just a garbage human being that's 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 a really low shot so um overall for pass catchers i think tight end i'm with you jb that tight end is the one of the bigger question marks but i also believe what lester said is that you know burton's going to be better in his second year he was solid not great in his first year but solid and really what people's anger was focused on is that he didn't live up to the huge dollar well the huge dollar is not his fault right the bears had to overpay to get him with the situation they were in and he's a good football player and i think he'll get better a little bit more comfortable in his second year same same storyline as trubisky really and we talked about the what wide, wide receivers earlier they're better right they're they're the same cast but they're better and they've got you know some big additions that we haven't seen yet riley ridley um could you know play a somewhat significant role at the lower end of the wide receiving rotation so i think overall in balance we don't know what the the rest of the tight end roster looks like if shaheen shows up great burton will be a little bit better he's going to be that lead you tight end and the wide receivers overall just better robinson back to health um miller with more familiarity adding ridley like you go up so i said better Yeah, I said better as well, and I don't think I need to belabor the point, but definitely just love where
1: this wide receiver group's going and year two in the dinghy offense. I think we're just going to see huge improvement, and that overrides any questions that I have about the tight end position. So this one's probably going to be pretty easy, but let's just run through it real quick. Running backs, better or worse than last year?
2: Yeah, I think better. I mean, you know, all the stuff that was mentioned earlier about EJ, you know, it's just a better scheme fit. You know, Jordan Howard, you know, he was what he was, and and what he was was uh, was an old-school running back. You know it just didn't fit the scheme as much as you want but now you have mike davis you you have montgomery you have two guys that can catch a swing pass and get back up to full speed in in a snap that's what you want quick explosive let's get some yards
0: ej better yeah we'll just go with better it's just gonna be better
2: well and and just like running
1: backs one of those positions that you can come in and contribute as a rookie this isn't you know this is a corner or a position that just takes longer to to really bring in and learn the system. This is something that can get onto the field early. And so expect Montgomery to to be out there week one and, and contributing. So um this is definitely a, a better unit. Offensive line, lester Better or worse than last year?
2: you know, I gotta say better. I mean you have uh you know the, the book and tackles are solid. You know I'm I'm a fan of Massey, I'm a fan of Leno. Um you have you have Daniels, you have White here I, I like a lot. I think Daniels is going to have an outstanding year at center. I think I, I already have picked for the Pro Bowl. I just think he's going to be one of those guys that guys that can anchor this line for the next 10 years. He's going to be the next in the great line of Bears centers. And then you have Kyle Long. Um, this offseason, he had no no, uh, no surgeries to rehab from. He was there at every practice. He didn't take any time off. Um, he had a little fight yesterday at, at the night practice at House Hall. What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was little, you know? was it?
2: Well, I mean, I'm not sure what happened, but you know, with, with, with the helmet swinging, you know, uh, no one's dead, so I guess that's a good thing. So, uh, but but with 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 him back and healthy, he just brings a, a leadership to that to that unit. He brings a toughness to that unit, a swag to the unit, so to speak. Um, I think uh, if healthy, it's trending upward again.
0: EJ, uh, I said same because I think it was really good last year. This is the point we made earlier that it was a it was a fine unit and it's stayed a fine unit. We might see a little bit of efficiency from the switch uh from Whitehair and daniels i I know you're both a fan of that um daniels uh i'm gonna tell the story of us seeing daniels uh i think it was at the end of the it was the end of the second day because it was first padded practice this guy walks up on the line definitely a bears player and he's coming to see folks that turned out to be his family and uh you know you being an iowa supporter for sure and and me being a bears fan we're like who is that guy and we're like i think it's I think it's Daniels, but I'm not sure because he didn't have his he didn't have his jersey on. He didn't have his pads on. He was just in his Under Armour and his shorts. And that guy looks remarkably bigger this year. <laughs> like he definitely hit the room, and uh, you know that pro nutrition program. So pretty impressive. So that might be a little bit better. Second year in the system. Second year under the coach. A little bit better, but they were really good last year. So I'm going with you know neutral or better. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah. He's just looks like he's just kind of sculpting that body to a pro body. Just looked a little bit different and yeah, just I, to me, it's better. And I think it's actually going to be noticeably better. And I think it, I really do put a lot of stock into that flip because I think Daniels is his natural center. And I think Whitehair hair is, is a natural guard. I, I mean, I know he could play tackle as well. He's real versatile, but he, the guy's just country strong. I don't think he was a particularly great snapper. I know that maybe that's a little overrated, but um, uh, or over-covered, maybe, would be the right way to put it. Uh, but I think they're both in their natural position now. And then, you, like you said, Lester, fully healthy Kyle Long is just a different human being. Like, there's just not a lot of guys in the league that are that strong. And, like you say, leadership, carrying a swagger, I, I just think this O-line is going to be noticeably better where they can take that step up into a you know a top-three
2: unit. All right. This one also should be easy. Lester, quarterback, better or worse than last year? Yeah, I'm going better. I mean, I'm I'm not drinking the the Kool-Aid like like some fans are. I, I think Trubisky is is a good quarterback. I mean, he's not he's not what some in the national media are trying to are trying to make us believe. Um, but he's got room to grow, and I think we're going to see some of that this season. I think uh, the second year in the system, he'll be better. You know, the coaches have talked about it. He's talked about it. His teammates have all talked about it. You know, he has accepted the challenge of becoming the best quarterback he can be. And, and that's 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 phase one. I mean, he, he is saying all the right things. He's doing all the right things. You know, is, is he perfect in practice? No, but it's, but it's practice. I think seeing the way he improved last year from week one to a playoff game, um, I saw enough improvement during that stretch where I think this guy's going to make another improvement again this year.
0: E.J., I'm going to go better. Just watching his command at camp, we we waited to do our Trubisky episode until we'd actually seen him in person, and he looked like a very different guy. Um, Not physically, not in the ability to throw, uh, not really any of that, just getting the play called, getting folks to the line, making the audible, making the right read, how quick the ball came out, how accurate it was in the first couple of days, especially in the short to medium. He just looked like a guy that understood where he's at. He's not racing to catch up with a new playbook. He's not trying to impress everybody. He's there. He's doing his job. I heard it related this week that he just needs to be a point guard and get the ball out to all this talent, and he can absolutely do that. I think he's better than that. But at the same time, if he just does that, this Bears team will go very, very far. Yeah, I
1: maybe it's because I'm twenty one ounces into my twenty-four ounce tall boy. <laughs> oh, don't even
0: start with me. I got four I, yeah, of them here. But
1: EJ's working through his uh his flight, flight. here. Um, I I think you've gotta kind of be like willfully ignorant to say that the quarterback position is gonna be worse this year. I can't understand that narrative second year in the system a guy that has such a limited college profile who's still learning the position and learning with a good quarterback play caller uh, and and mentor and nagy and, and his staff if you really think that your going to be worse i don't really know that we're watching the same game if you think he's plateaued already I'm also just not sure we can hang out. I think this is <laughs> definitely a guy that's going to be better this year. And so to me, this is the most obvious one. Quarterback's going to be better this year. I don't know if it's going to be first-team All-Pro or anything, but it's going to be better. But Jeff, he can't throw to the left. Yeah, I saw that that mashup of all of his <laughs> incompletions to the left side. And, oh, oh, doesn't I that prove it? Yeah, we can do that with every uh, any record. any
0: kind of analytics you want. Say that he throws left just fine, and maybe possibly even better than he throws right. But there you go, yeah, it's ridiculous. All right, coaching.
2: Let's start. Uh, you know, this is a tough one because you know, obviously the Bears having the chains at, at defense court with Vic Fangio gone, Chuck Pagano in. Um, but but I was pretty 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 quick on on the, on the Chuck Pagano bandwagon because you know I saw what he did in, in Baltimore. You know, he took a a very good. Baltimore Ravens defense, and he made them you know, the best defense in the league. You know, he, Obviously, he doesn't have to make that jump this year because he already has the best defense in the league. So I think coaching, I don't think you're going to lose anything with, with Pagano over Fanjo. You may get a, a little more uh, aggressiveness like you talked about. And then on the offensive side of things, you know, Matt Nagy, he had some mistakes last year. I think he, he, would, he would also be one who would, would actually say that as well. Um, he'll get better. He self-scouts like everyone else does in this league. He understands where he has to get better, and he'll do that. I think overall coaching is trending upward as well. EJ?
0: Yeah, better for me, not because I, – I think Pagano brings things that Fangio didn't – that doesn't mean better all the way around or better in every aspect, but he's going to use some of the pieces of this defense um, – to their maximum he's going to use that pass rushing talent to its maximum that's going to help the secondary he's a secondary coach by trade so i think the secondary you know it has very little chance of declining. A lot of people are saying this Bears defense is going to drop off. I don't think that's true. Uh, To Lester's point, I think Nagy's going to get better in that middle section. We talked about him being very good in the scripted section and really Trubisky being kind of nails in the fourth quarter and, and maybe making up for some of those decisions. But that sort of second, third quarter, he would get a little cute. He would go away from the run. He'd take his foot off the gas, whatever it was he learned from all that. And, That may still happen, but I think that gap or that trough is going to be a lot smaller than it was. And overall, I think that adds up to better coaching.
1: Yeah, I'm in agreement with you guys. I think Nagy is just going to be a better play caller, and I think the switch from Fangio, who I like and respect a lot, to Pagano, who is a guy who's been successful to the point where he got a head coaching job because he was such a successful defensive coordinator. This is a really good defensive coordinator. It's not. This isn't Mel Tucker walking in the door. Oh, This is a God. really good You had court. to bring that up? Well, I'm just trying to think of the worst possible human you being called defensive plays you did it. for the Bears. And that that's what came to mind. So I mean this is a this is a top notch guy. I know I was I was really hot on the Todd Bowles uh, for defensive coordinator, uh, but I was very happy when we got Pagano. And it's a, it's a different fit, and I think that actually with the personnel, it might have been a better fit to get Pagano instead of Bulls. So very excited to see what he can do. Okay, so that's every position group we went through. And at least two of us for every position group said we think it's going to get better. Okay? So tell me, how is this team going to – I don't care about record. How is this team going to get be worse?
0: It's not. Is, let's let's just call it what it is it's not a lot of people are saying it's gonna and come on let the game start at this point short of catastrophic injury short of catastrophic injury you know this team's not going to get worse
2: yeah i agree there's this it's weird because as bears fans we have not had a team that has been good in a while as 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 the sports media landscape generally they're used to the bears sucking so this is kind of hard for people to realize this is a good team. They're good top to bottom. They have good coaching. They have a really good GM. It's just weird for some people to look at the Bears and say, oh, yeah, that's one of the better franchises in the league because that's what they've turned into. They haven't won it all yet, obviously, but they're trending that way. This is going to be a team that should be in, in a decent playoff window here for a while, and they're going to contend every year unless there's, a, a like you said, a, a major injury.
1: Yeah, I think that narrative has to flip this year with a deep playoff run, and you're right. So let's let's get into that. So I want to start talking about, you know, who are the biggest threats to the Bears' success this year. So let's start in the division. Which team in the division do you think poses the biggest
2: challenge to repeat as NFC North champions? Lester, let's we'll start with you. Uh, I think it's the Vikings. You know, I talked about it a little bit earlier. I think they have a really good defense, a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Uh, head coach Mike Zimmer does a really good job with those guys, um, and I talk about Kirk Cousins. You know, he is a he's a good NFL quarterback, but for whatever reason, he can't, hasn't been able to put it together against winning teams. I think if they get a little bit of improvement for their offensive line and they spend some some draft capital there, if the O line improves, if they stick to the run game a little more, if they stop having Kirk Cousins throw the game, throw as much as he does, they scale him back a little bit and try and have him be more of. a you know, a game manager type. And I don't like the phrase because that sounds like it's a negative. I don't think it's a negative term. But if you happen to be more of a game manager type, more, more running game, uh, the O-line improves, I think the Vikings have a chance to uh, knock the Bears off. I don't think it happens. I still think the Bears are the best team in the division. But among the teams that are in there, I think it's the Vikings.
1: EJ, you're shaking your head. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, this was the question on, on the whole list of questions that sort of flummoxed me. I just couldn't pick anybody. I, I have enough reasons <laughs> nice. for uh, for being against each of the teams. Um, look, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and all the talk about him fighting with the head coach and and not being able to audible and and everything else, I get it. But he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be out there. He's going to have the ball in his hands. He's going to make some plays. Um, The offense is not bereft of talent. Um, It's not the most talented Packers offense, certainly. Um, The defense has improved, but they've got a first-year head coach. All the arguments we just talked about with Nagy being, you know, getting used to things. Matt LaFruz is not only a first-year head coach, but a first-time NFL head coach. I don't think they're going to come out of the gate hot, and teams that start slow don't typically make a big role for the playoffs. So that's the Packers. The Lions... Are flying a little more under the radar than i think a lot of people i think most people think they're they have no chance and i think they have some chance again to lester's point with the vikings i don't think they're rolling over the bears anytime soon i do think they're going to be better than people think they are minnesota i just can't get behind with cousins at quarterback the defense is going to be great zimmer always winds those guys up they have some amazing talent on the offense I just can't get behind a team with Kirk Cousins at the helm rolling into the playoffs. I, I, It's just not going to happen. <laughs> Cousins is who he is. And he's good, like Lester said, but he just doesn't have that thing. So I couldn't come up with an answer here.
1: Yeah, I think, well, we'll talk more about Cousins when we actually get into a game week against the Vikings. But what I see from Cousins is that he allows the defense to dictate where he goes with the ball. And he doesn't actually try to force the ball into some of those talented receivers. And so he lets the defense set the tempo. And so if he plays a good defense, he's in a lot of trouble and yeah he can rack up numbers because he's he's smart he's he's taken what what's given to him and he can put up efficient numbers but he, he's not uh you know he's not Rodgers where Rodgers is creating plays out of nothing i i faded the pack last year i put a couple over under bets in on vegas and one of them was under on the packers wins and i i'm going to do the same thing this year like i i am not what I is not the a over the under
0: for packers wins this it's year it's pretty I high wonder. for a I,
2: I think it's I, nine right now. Yeah, it's what for a yes. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. It's, oh, and it's, where do uh, I
0: where do I put my money? And <laughs> your
1: local sports book, my friend. Um, so we'll talk about that more next week when we, we say, get yeah. Sam uh, on the show. We're going to do a whole betting podcast to preview the the NFL season uh, outside of just the Bears. But uh, for me, it's the Vikings just because I think they have the best roster because they have the best defense. But I just I'm not worried about Cousins beating this bears defense. I think it's has to be some sort of game where it's just a defensive slug fest and their defense makes more plays than our defense does. And and, the, and that's how they come out ahead or, they beat up on other teams and the bears struggle somewhere else against different matchups. And somehow that that's what makes up the difference. But I think the bears are in prime position to repeat as, as NFC North champions. So let's, let's open it up to the conference, which team in the NFC worries you the most, uh, if the bears are going to make a deep playoff run and get into a super bowl Lester, start with you.
2: Uh, I can go a few teams here, but I think I'm going to go with the Eagles. Um, and the reason is just to have, you mentioned about the Vikings, uh, the Eagles also have a really good roster top to bottom. Um, Their problem is, you know, if they can get the quarterback healthy, Carson wins, because there is no Nick Foles waiting in the wings this year. Um, But so if if the Eagles are healthy, if the Eagles, you know, do what they want to do, and, you know, it's not going to be Jordan Howard running the ball, you know, a a bunch of times. Um, But if the Eagles play their kind of football, you know, they're going to be in the mix again, and that's a really tough team. Plus, you know, you got the whole playoff thing uh, going on there, so the Bears have to get over that hump.
0: Yeah, EJ, what about you? Same for me, Eagles, uh, for the reasons I mentioned above in the game preview. uh, The Eagles have a great and talented roster. If Wentz gets hot like he did before he got injured, that team's going to be really tough to stop. They've got a lot of offensive options. Their defense, obviously very talented Um, And their coaching staff is incredibly flexible, which is not an NFL hallmark. A lot of guys will sort of set their course and no matter what happens, kind of try and stay on it. Peterson and his staff are not that way. Um, They have flexed several times now for big changes. Um, They were not looking good through the middle of last season and they made a serious about face in the way they approached uh, how they were setting people up. And, you know, obviously, knock the bears out of the playoffs and i don't think it's about the kicker i really think it's about the depth of roster the coaching talent and if wentz gets hot and stays hot look that guy was playing at an mvp level not a you know not a best in conference or or best in division level that guy was playing at an nfl mvp level before he got hurt and if he gets back to that form and stays there that's going to be a very dangerous out yeah, I'm pretty. I'm right on
1: the same page as you guys. I'm kind of boring. I, I really do think it's the Eagles, just because they're talented, and I also think their division's terrible, and I just don't, <laughs> don't think it's going to put up any sort of True. resistance. Whereas the Bears actually have like a couple teams that have some talented players. I I'm not a huge believer in the Cowboys. I think I was like, well, eh, maybe it all falls into place with them, but the Giants. Yeah, and Cowboys are, are
0: probably the most dangerous. Washington yes. again. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. And Giants. Yeah. Whatever. So I think their path
1: to the playoffs is a little easier. But uh, yeah, I'm worried about them. And then I was trying to think if uh, the Eagles even have a backup quarterback right now because Cody Kessler and Nate Sudfeld are both hurt. So yeah, they really do need Wentz to stay healthy there. Um, this next question is if the Bears win the Super Bowl, what will the storyline be? In other words, What has to happen for this team to win it all?
2: Um, You know, I think the defense is going to be good. I talk about it. I I almost see regression. I see this defense playing better this year. So to me, that's going to be a given. Uh, But if this team makes that next step to be a Super Bowl champion is going to have to come from the offense and in more particular, it's going to come back from the quarterback spot. You know, Mr. Trubisky has to make that jump that a lot of people think he's going to make, uh, that, that the, the team internally thinks he'll make. He has to do that. He has to be the leader. He has to be the face of the franchise. He has to be that perennial all pro type of guy um, to take this team to the next level. I think if the Bears win at it all, it's going to be because of him making the next step.
1: So I I kind of agree with you. I wrote down like historic Bears defense or Trubisky takes a step. But the more that I'm thinking about it, it's probably more like historic Bears defense despite Trubisky. Even if Trubisky plays at an All-Pro level, basically, <laughs> then with the uh, national narrative being what it is. Uh, EJ, what about you? What do you think the storyline would be if the Bears won it at all?
0: Yeah, I had three major points. The first one is health. The Bears were incredibly healthy last year. They need to stay that way. Again, we talked about several position groups. We talked about um, pieces of pressure, certainly. I mean, a a couple of key injuries could derail the Bears, so they have to stay healthy. Second one, same one Lester mentioned. Trubisky, he's got a click. And does click mean NFL MVP? It doesn't. It might for the Chicago media, but it really doesn't. If he matures into that point guard, gets the ball out to his playmakers, the offense is going to take a jump, and they'll be fine. And then my third one was Nagy. Nagy matures, keeps his foot on the gas throughout, doesn't have those lulls in the middle of games, goes for the juggler when he has teams on the ropes, and really learns how to finish teams, how to teach his team how to win games Um, with his decisions influencing. Look, players are on the field and they make plays, but we all know the head coach has an influence on that. Those three things come together. I think the the defense is going to be great no matter what. And that's kind of almost a non-story. It's really stay healthy, have Trubisky do his thing, and have Nagy do his thing right alongside. And if they do that, they're going to be deep into the playoffs with a chance.
1: All right, let me ask you a question off script. I warned you guys that I had one of these oh, before yeah. the show. Here Uh-oh. it comes. Uh-oh. Ready All up, right. Lester. Ready up. <laughs> if we eliminate Mac and Trubisky as options... Who do you think will be the MVP of this team in
0: 2019?
1: I like
2: it. That's a great uh, question. You know, I'm going I'm to st- stay over on defense, and I think Roquan Smith is going to be that guy this year. You know, his speed, his athleticism, his instincts, it got better as the year went on. I think this guy is primed for a, a fantastic year. And I think with the way Chuck Pagano's gonna send him on occasion, he had five sacks last year, and, and and he didn't blitz very often. But he gets home when he when he when he, when he goes. You may see an inside linebacker for the Bears with double-digit sacks just because he's in a go. Plus, plus he'll go all over the place. He'll come off the edge. He'll come in the middle. You know they will scheme him some openings, and with his blazing speed, he'll get home. Plus, you know we talk about his, his normal job as just a guy, you know defending the pass or stopping the run. He can scrape through the line. He is the total package, and I was so excited seeing him grow last year as a player, Roquan Smith.
0: Awesome. EJ, what about you? It's a great answer. I love Roquan Smith, but I'm going to give you an offensive and a defensive. I'm actually going to go different on the defense. I'm going to go to Eddie Jackson, somebody we talk about on this podcast a lot, and for a lot of the same reasons that Lester said. um, Pagano's going to send him. We saw him up close at the line. He's going to blitz. He blitzed at Alabama. He was good at it. The other thing is that front seven is going to pressure – quarterbacks into a lot of ducks and if they throw ducks up eddie's gonna pick them off so he could have a combination of tackles sacks and interceptions that we haven't seen from a bears player in a long time if he does and he continues ascending eddie jackson's going to be uh you know in conversation for defensive mvp and that's kind of crazy for his safety um on the offensive side i'm going to go with Allen robinson And it's largely because what we saw at camp, Allen Robinson is healed up. I've been telling everybody that I know that plays fantasy football, look, draft Allen Robinson. He is a great value. He's going at, like, I don't know, Jeff, you're the fantasy guy. Wide receiver, what, 22 or something? Yeah, it's more like 30. Yeah, he's way down there. That's ridiculous. If Nagy feeds the hot hand instead of saying, hey, I have to distribute the ball to all these hands, if he goes where he gets explosive plays, we talked about this with Jonathan Wood, A-Rob authored a lot of the explosive plays for the Bears last year, and he's looking tremendously better already than he did last year. He has that explosion back, and one of those things that we learned going to camp is that the first rep of Every formation and every drill went to either A-Rob or Cohen. Like, it was either Tariq and A-Rob or A-Rob and Tariq. It doesn't matter (laughs) if it was position drills or 7-on-7 or 11-on-11. It was that order. And that, to me, says prominence in the offense. These are the guys we're going to lean on. And if they continue to lean on A-Rob throughout the season, he's going to produce like he did in Jacksonville, and people's eyes are going to get open, and Trubisky's going to grow trust in that guy. And you're talking about a possible offensive MVP candidate that's not a quarterback, and I know that's a stretch.
1: Yeah, I think the good news for Bears fans that play fantasy football is that the Bears, in general, are totally underrated, so you can pick up a lot of talent on the Bears late. The bad news is for Bears fans that play fantasy is that most of us play in leagues with other Bears fans.
0: And so <laughs> bum, bum, we're bum. not the only Bears
1: fan to like take advantage of this. So, Well, there's my uh, West
0: Coast advantage right there.
1: Yes, you, you can scoop up uh, guys pretty easily. But, yes, I'm going to make sure that I try to get A-Rob. I, you know, my answer was going to be one of those two, EJ. Thank you for taking both. and, and uh,
0: Oh, you're uh, welcome. I have to my pay thunder, you back but... for that um, fantasy secondary draft every chance I get. <laughs> well, you know, those two are uh, huge uh, – uh,
1: we are huge fans of those two guys on this podcast, so um, not surprising that we would go that direction. So, all right, uh, prediction time. Every guest that we've had on, we've we've put to a prediction, but we are going to make our own predictions for the season as nice. well, EJ and I. So, let's start with Lester. What do you think this uh, season is going to come for the Bears?
2: You know, I've been pretty consistent when I look at the schedule. I've been on a, a few other shows, in every spot I've done, I, I've kind of stuck to my guns. I'm going 13-3. and three. Um, Like I said, this team is good. It's weird. It's it's not something that fans are used to that, that that are cheering for the Bears. But this is a good team, top to bottom. Um, I got them thirteen and three, and I got them uh, winning the whole thing.
0: Heck yeah, EJ, uh, put you on record. I, boy, yeah, I like the editor's choice here. I might change my mind. No, uh, I've been on record a lot of podcasts as well. I think they'll go eleven and five. I think they'll win the division, and I have them going deep into the playoffs with a chance to go all the way.
2: That's all you can ask for. Yeah, absolutely. Be playing well at the
0: end of the year. Set the table and, you know, let that defense loose in the playoffs and see what happens. Yep.
1: All right. Well, for what it's worth, I got him at 13 and three. I just think this team is better. And they managed 12 wins last year. They're a better unit this year. I understand the schedule's different. I understand circumstances are different. I understand the ball bounces in funny ways. But I think this is a 13-win team. I think it's a number one seed. I think it makes a deep run. And I believe that they make the Super Bowl. So, good stuff. Uh, let's follow up on that flight of beers, PJ.
0: <laughs> All right. So, just to be clear, we had three tall boys and a twenty-four. So I did not finish them all. <laughs> oh, come on. I know. I know. Lester's like, come on. I'm not <laughs> saying I won't finish them after the um, podcast, but Lester, remember, I'm also about half your size. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's see, let's go left to right. The pub beer from 10 barrel brewing, uh, which comes in the super plain wrapper can, um, probably the darkest of, uh, the beers that I poured out, but not dark at all. Clear golden, not a lot of head. Um, Nice flavor, some flavor, but a very light flavor, as as is typical of a lager. I like it. Um, I don't know that I'll go seek it out, but I'll definitely drink the other five I have. Um, Genesee, I had a similar reaction that you had to your Miller High Life, JB, which is, mm, tastes about like I remember.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Um, yep, sure does. Uh, not much there. Um, I'm used to beers with a lot more flavor. Definitely a little lighter. Um, The Rolling Rock lighter still has a little bit of sweetness, but not as much as it uh, did when it was brewed in La Trobe. And then we get to the PBR, and PBR, i got to say, is my go-to for cheap beer. If I'm someplace with a limited beer selection or... You know, the little corner store at the lake when you're on a summer camping trip, PBR is my go-to. I know what I'm getting. It has a nice balance of sort of crispness and sweetness, and it's very drinkable. So PBR wins out of the four. Um, All of them were drinkable. If I had to go back to the well again, I'm, I'm going back to PBR.
2: Yeah,
1: I think that I would... Have preferred a PBR, but again, Grandma liked the High Life, and so drank the High Life. I drank the twenty-four ouncer so definitely drank a lot more than I did that IPA that I had on. The <laughs> <tradition, so. laughs> yeah, I think you
0: topped out about three ounces on that. So, yeah, that was. Wrong. Cheers to Grandma! So, I'd be I'd be upset if you only drank three ounces for Grandma. No,
1: Grandma, Grandma, Grandma would be proud. I got it, got the whole twenty-four down. So, uh, well, Lester, thanks for being on the show. Uh, EJ, I'll close things up here. But is there anything on the site that you want to plug that's coming up here in the next couple of weeks?
2: uh i mean we got this covered to you all to all you guys know what it's like at, at the site i mean it's 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 previews it's recaps it's videos it's podcasts it's it's we run the gamut we got everything you need at at the site uh no matter what you what, what your flavor is we got it for you
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna go off script for one sec jb and i'm gonna ask you uh one of the great experiences we had when we all went to bears camp lester was there as well for a day so we got to meet which was fantastic um but uh lots of other Folks from Bears Twitter, other Bears podcasters, other websites were there and we got to interact with them. And what did you learn about WCG or what did you feel about WCG when you had all those interactions with other uh, Twitter folks and podcasters and websites, Jeff?
1: I just think in general, there's a lot of places that you can get your Bears news And I just think that the collection of people that Lester has been able to assemble have is just really impressive. And it's a very diverse group and it's a diverse uh, opinion set that's brought every week, but we get along really well. And I think that's, uh, that's unique. And I think it's a good place to come to talk bears because I think you can get it in a lot of different ways. And I think that there's definitely sites that offer, uh, you know, Experiences that are differ, different from WCG, but I think that a more inclusive environment uh, is what I enjoy, and that's why I started flocking to
0: WCG to begin with, and that's why I'm happy to be a contributor. WCG, as Lester said, super diverse, doing a great job, certainly worth follow. In the meantime, uh, follow JB at at Gridironborn, follow Lester at at WiltfongJR, follow me at the draftsman fb on twitter and of course the podcast itself has its own twitter handle at bears over beers that's a simple one send us great questions um, like saigon dan did today and we'll see if we can't get him into a podcast send us beer recommendations we'd love those as well and in the meantime we've got a gambling show coming up with our colleague sam householder Uh, and then pretty much we're heading into the season folks which is the most exciting part of the year so until then enjoy a cold beverage and bear down